Shoot us your emails, today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us. Everybody's been going crazy. We're going to talk everything. Kentucky Derby, hockey, football, baseball, basketball, the draft, Mayweather wins. But, Ray, let's start off with sort of some of the breaking news. The news of the day, let's applaud the 2015 NBA MVP, Stephen Curry, and I say this, we knew the media would probably vote for him, the writers. We both picked Harden, LeBron's third, Westbrook fourth, Davis fifth. Um, kind of the order we both thought it would be. But you know what? This guy had a record-setting 820 plus minus, the largest since Jordan, and 60, over 65 wins, which is up there with Magic Johnson to lead a team in scoring. Um, so what can you say? The best player, the best team, but they were almost a little bit average or barely above average when he wasn't on the court. So I applaud him. Great story, great speech, and love the kid. Happy for him. Congratulations, Curry. Well, you know what's great is that he's six three one eighty, and that's after <clears> probably <throat> putting on 10 pounds in the NBA. The great thing is he wasn't highly recruited, despite which is kind of odd. Despite being the son yeah. of an NBA player, you would think everybody would jump on him, kind of like his brother who went to Duke, who transferred. But to he Duke. was so tiny; he was still he tiny was, back then. But but he could shoot, you know. Especially in college, you would think that even a tiny guy can can deliver. But the crazy thing that I want to give him credit for is a he 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 stuck it out at Davidson. He could have transferred at some point when when he realized he was the real deal, and he stayed to work on his game. He could have yes. went, he could have gone pro and he moved to the one. He was a two guard, he was a deadly shooter, he could have been like his father and had a great NBA career as an off the bench, you know, sixth man, Vinnie Johnson type, but he said, "You know what? I'm going for the home run," to use the baseball analogy, and I'm going to work <laughs> on my game and become an all-around uh, what is it? 5 years, 6 years later MVP. So Kudos to Steph Curry for not only delivering this year, but every year getting better and working on his craft. And that's the most impressive thing. And not just that. Remember, there was question whether or not the Warriors should re-sign him because, and I threw this tweet out there, about having fragile ankles. This guy could not stay healthy. He finally got it together. And, boy, did he just – his game took off. And him and David Lee have been there since, what, forever, the longest uh, guys were there with the Warriors. You see the development and the moves that they've made and Green and Clay Thompson improving and Iguodala and Bogut staying healthy. This team is something else. And now with the Spurs being gone and Chris Paul being hurt and, and Kevin Love being hurt, you've got to say they are the leaders to take the NBA title. Oh, even if, if people didn't think they – if, yeah, if, if he, even if people didn't think they were before, you'd have to think it now. So we applaud him, and great job. We'll get back to the NBA playoffs. Let's talk about Saturday. And I don't even know where you want to go first. Maybe we start with the let's last the event. Be- let's start with the fight because I'm going to tell you this. I told you I had to see it. I knew it was the last event in boxing. I mean, Brady flew from the Kentucky Derby to the match – Denzel's there, uh, Agassi, Steffi Graf, Jay-Z, Beyonce. I mean, everybody and their mama was there, Ray. It was crazy. But I don't think they were realistic in what to expect. You and I both expected exactly what happened. 
And I don't think it's a reason to knock Mayweather because he is one of the best ever defensive and tactical fighters. He frustrated Pacquiao. Pacquiao is slow and not the same guy, doesn't have the power. He you know, tried to come in a little bit smaller maybe to have some speed, but either he got frustrated or he couldn't do, muster it up to even go for it, and nothing happened. They titter-tattered a couple times, and that was it. So congrats to Mayweather. I, I'm not upset by it. I knew what it would be. Maybe I'd like to see a little bit more, but I, I didn't have crazy expectations. I just wanted to see what I thought, a unanimous decision, Mayweather. You know what? Shame on us because, like Denny Green said, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> if 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 Floyd Mayweather wasn't 47-0, and 0, you wouldn't turn into his fights because he yeah, is a tactical exactly. counterpuncher, defensive boxer, and it's not an interesting fight, especially at, that, at the welterweight where, where nobody really has any power. So shame on us for thinking that because he's 47-0 and 0, and because Pacquiao was hyped up and because this fight was in the works for five or six years mm-hmm. that we'd get anything different. And nobody wants to see a rematch, although Pacquiao now says nope. he, he has a hurt shoulder. But ultimately, uh, that, that it was Pacquiao's oh, job to adapt <laughs> to Mayweather because Mayweather is who he is. And if you can't catch him, you're not going to beat him. And nobody's caught him since. And the thing is, he frustrates you, but he's a tactician. It's funny because as – I don't know what the, what the right word to use is. As, as you know, crazy as his life is out of the ring – Inside mm-hmm. the boxing ring, he is uh, an absolute discipline, surgeon, disciplined tactician. Focus, all the words that you can <laughs> that you can say about the guy, and we got a lot of yeah. issues with him outside of the ring. But in yeah, the ring, but... this guy is is unbelievable at his craft, and well, he did what he does, and Pacquiao didn't adjust. And was that worth 180 million dollars? Well, that's up to up to the, the the business people in boxing to decide. But ultimately, Pacquiao uh, didn't adjust, and Mayweather gave you what he always gives you. So shame on us for not expecting yes. this. Two, two, two things that I got to talk about with this, though. I think there was a lot of vitriol and hatred towards him. Half of it, or 60%, is because of the wife beater. I mean, the you know domestic violence stuff or whatever. Have no problem with that. I have no respect for him. But you almost, in some ways, look. If he's allowed to fight, then you always have. It's not like you have to, as a fan, separate it. But I, I don't know. I don't like to mix like why you root against somebody, or whatever, because that's not part of the sport. In that sense, you're not you know, he's not there to be you know a great human being. We know he's not. The second side is though too. I think there was a little bit of hatred because he's not George Foreman. He's got a little Tyson in him, and he's the most brilliant businessman. And in this Twitter age, and and over the last what fifteen or whatever many years he's been fighting now, he's made more money than anybody. Floyd Money Mayweather. He's not anybody stepping fetching. He's not kissing anybody's butt. I think there were some people who don't like him, and some of it is race. And I think he is arrogant, and people don't like that. Let's be honest, people don't like that from him, especially because of on top of that, you've got the off the you know off the off the ring stuff. And I think, I mean, even seeing the guy on ESPN, I don't know if it was Robert Flores or one of the guys, he's arguing with Stephen A. Smith. I thought they were going to fight. Uh, I mean, you know, on Saturday night. I mean, it was it's fascinating to see all the people, and they're like, oh, he's not the best ever. I don't want to let it. Like, wait a minute. He's going to think he's the best ever. That doesn't mean you have to. But to say he's not top 25 or to say he's not this, that, I think some people are being unrealistic and getting their feelings, you know, caught up because the dude is still 48-0 and 0 and one of the best, if not the best, in his era, period. You don't have to like right. him, but I mean, you know, those are the facts. No, no, and remember, he did him. fight young. He did fight some young fighters, and where people thought, oh, he's going to get Mayweather, um, and he didn't, you know, and he knocked out what Margarito. Covers except for Pacquiao, uh, you know, five or six years yeah. late, but but he right. did, and he deserves to be forty-eight and zero. And the thing is, nobody's figured him out, and 
he's been able to take a style that he developed early on and parlay that into, is he one of the best boxers of all time? No. But ultimately, he's he's 48-0. If he wins one more, he'll be 49-0. He'll tie Rocky Marciano. If he wins one more, he'll be 50-0. He'll be the the Says he won't. Says he'll retire, which is fascinating, right? To retire at 49-0, that would be fascinating. I don't know a guy that a guy that always talks about money. I guess when you make 180 million, what more is there to make? Everything else will be, you know. Well, did you hear he, double digits? Did you hear he told the all of his camp and everybody the gravy train is come is, is about to end? I love that. I mean, because let's be honest, from Las Vegas to the hotels to all the people that work for him and with him. He is like a Tiger Woods or a, a great golfer, right? They're a one-man money machine entity, and nobody has more workers and carry-ons and people like that than a boxer and Mayweather. So he yeah. is the gravy train, you know? So I, I don't sure. know. Enough talking about this. We're not going to see another good fight, God knows when, maybe never. And it's a shame because I would have liked to have been more entertained, but I, I, we got and I knew it would be what it would be. Kentucky Derby. I had Dortmund. American Pharaoh I had in the place in third. American Pharaoh wins. What did you think? I mean, it was a great race, one of the best of of the day and in years. And Victor Espinosa, two in a row. I mean, impressive, right? Two in a row, and he took the horse wide, and everybody was saying, wow, he went too wide, but but he was just that good. American Pharaoh was that good. Uh, The reason why he was 5 I smell Triple Crown. Um, I smell Triple Crown, Ray. Maybe. Uh, He's got a lot of good competitors. A lot of good yeah, competitors. He won what five of his six races, and because it was so close, I don't know if you can predict a triple crown here or even winning winning at Pimlico. But the the biggest the biggest bugaboo for these triple crown guys is is running at the long track, right at at Belmont. So yes. don't know if we got a triple crown potential, but very impressive to you know basically be under the scrutiny, under the spotlight. And just, just Victor Espinosa, what can you say? I mean, this guy, and, and and did you hear what he said on TV? That was great. He said he was a, a truck driver. He saved up his money, and then he went to jockey school, and he wanted to be successful, and he was going to do whatever it took to be successful. So at 52, he's got back-to-back Kentucky Derby championships. Good for him. And uh, Baffert, funny. the trainer, and uh, um, the owner, the, the owner. guy, That's, yeah, yeah, he, he came uh, close in, in three other chances, and now they both yep. won it. So good for all of them. No, nah, definitely, and uh, you know, uh, what was it? War, uh, firing war. Who came in second? I always forget the horse's name. Oh, um, Dortmund was third. Yeah, Dorman was third. Uh, oh God, I forgot the name already. But Fire, firing wall or something, but uh, yeah. But so I mean, they 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 all did good, and those two, uh, you definitely got to believe, um, have a shot. You know, next at at the Preakness, and uh, you know, Frosted looked good for a minute. I was about to call you up and be like, look at Frosted trying to make a run here, but it was American Fowl. You saw, I was like, wow, that's the best horse. Hey, then what's amazing? The Rangers tie up the series. Right, so New York sports part of the the, the aura of, of of Saturday being big, the Rangers being the cap beating the Caps, that goes on tonight, Game Three firing in the NHL line. playoffs. Firing line, firing line, firing line. Yeah. yes, okay, firing line, and then Dortmund. So I mean, you know, you've got that, you've got the uh, the Ducks, the Blackhawks. You you know, it's looking like Tampa Bay. I mean, so that could wind up being the Final Four. And hockey playoffs were great. The Yankees won on Saturday, and, and Sunday, what did you swept? Well, they the swept. Time. We'll talk about baseball, but the Yankees swept. But they won on Saturday. Uh, real quick, because when we talk about baseball, I don't want to talk about this. Six sixty, a rod. Yankees, they're not handling it right. What did you think? What did you feel? He ties Willie Mays, as, and, and his first pinch hit home run ever. The irony, right? Amazing. Yeah, I mean, because this guy never really pinch hits. I mean, he's he's a yeah. you know, he's an everyday <laughs> player, starter, yeah. especially in the American League when you have a DH. So he right, rarely right. pinch hits. But you know, I don't know. The Yankees are, Yankees are going to have a tough time because that players' union in baseball is so tough, and they'll they'll probably file a grievance on behalf of A Rod. I think you have thirty days he, to file it. He's going to get so, his money. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And just 
both sides just need to move on. I mean, he he's a Yankee for the next two three years, and uh, unless they can move him, and I don't know that anybody wants him unless unless they'll do a Josh Hamilton and pay most of his contract. So. Yeah, you know, you and he's been one of the it. best Yankees. <laughs> he has be been, this and year. That's the except thing. for the bullpen, except for Batances and uh, Miller, who've been ridiculous. I mean, lights out, strikeouts, and ERA. I mean, they're killing it. It's amazing. So, I mean, look, Saturday was one of those days where you were bouncing around, and I think probably the best Clippers, event we didn't of even it talk all. About, yeah. Well, no, that's what go. I'm going to say. The best event of it all on Saturday, Game Seven. Clippers against the champion Spurs, Tay's pick, and you know what? CP3 and Blake Griffin, Crawford, the guys, they just, Barnes was huge. They did enough, and I think CP3 turned the corner, and that's what I predicted. I thought they'd do it. They did it. I know you didn't like the foul, but Chris Paul also hit the big shot. Tim Duncan's foul. Tim Duncan played amazing. I don't know if this is the end of the run. I think it is. It doesn't look like Ginobili has got more left. Parker can't stay healthy. Tim Duncan, I'm sure, might be back because I don't think he wants to go out like this. But, Ray, it was so impressive, and I think it was a shining moment for everyone to be like, you know what, yes, Chris Paul has been the best point guard for the last decade, still might be, even though Curry's coming down the lane steaming. Chris Paul, you our winner, and he, he, I thought it was beautiful to see. What a game seven, back and forth. It really was, and it's the first time I can remember in NBA history that you could say that a loser of the first round could win the championship. I mean, you could you could say that the lo- yeah. whoever lost this series, whether it was the Clippers, and I predicted the Clippers to win beginning of the year to beat the Cavs, and you predicted them right. to beat the Bulls or to meet the Bulls in the in yeah. the in the in the, in the beat the Bulls, right? You, you to, predict the Clippers uh, no, no, no. or the Bulls? To, to beat, the Bulls, to no, beat the Bulls to win it all, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I predicted the Clippers to win it all, and yet and still I thought San Antonio would win game seven. Um, but ultimately this, this matchup really did a lot, I think, for Chris Paul, for the Clippers. Now I hope he's healthy because you can't recover uh, from a hamstring. You can't just tape it up. It's not an ankle. Yeah, so this reminded no. me of Isaiah it's... Thomas, his 25. Uh. Remember yes. in that against the Lakers? Not quite as good as what Isaiah did in the NBA Finals now. Not quite because it was an NBA not Finals. <laughs> but you know what? This was getting over the hump. And he was yes. the best it was amazing. player. Even though Blake Griffin had a triple-double, and even though statistically uh, Blake had a, an unbelievable so series, Ridiculous Timmy and Blake were, were, were going back and forth. But Chris Classic Paul was the key to this win. And kudos to both teams because this really, if they played 100 times, it would be 50-50. These two teams were as evenly matched as possible. Think about it. It was 56 and 55 wins in the regular season, and the whole series, there was one blowout, and really the whole series was was based on, you know, every game was a coin flip except for the one. The one blowout. I think the, it was the, great. The and, and the teams winning on each other's court, it was great. I think, you know, basically – we just had one heck of a weekend in, in all sports, and now we've got to turn our heads and focus to moving forward, but recapping the three-day event over the weekend that ended, and that was the NFL draft. Ray, I thought it was great, not the drama out of the first round we thought. I think there were some meat and potatoes. I think overall it was a, a, a weaker depth in some positions. You had 47 cornerbacks. Um, I think, what, 39 linebackers, 37 or 35 wide receivers taken, only seven quarterbacks. Um, You know, the year of the running back, there was a bunch of running backs and two in the first round. So there was so – and there's so much to talk about. Let's look at, you know, some teams that we both like and maybe talk about some teams that we we didn't like. Obviously, you've got some guys upset today because of the fifth-year options weren't picked up. Your boy Bruce Irvin for the Seahawks, Doug Martin, um, you know, your boy Claiborne for the Cowboys. People are upset in the NFL. Rookie camps open Friday. Overall, before we talk about some of our favorite teams, what was your feel of this draft? Were you disappointed in the lack of trades? Were you shocked that Tennessee kept Mariota? We spoke about that on Friday. Were you, you know, couldn't believe that uh, the, the Hunley and Petty went so late? What was your feel of this draft overall? I thought all in all it was a weak draft. 
in historical mm-hmm. perspective. Now, we'll see in five years if, if that's true. Yes, yes. But it seemed really... like everybody had a flaw. Either people were too light, people were too slow, people had drug problems, people had physical issues. So I thought that overall this draft, usually you have you know 30 or 40 people with a first-round grade. You maybe had 10 with a first-round grade. So yeah, that was some that people was said at best number 18. Two, <laughs> The quarterback situation, which was kind of interesting, where where I thought a lot of years people were overreaching, especially now that quarterbacks are cheap. So you've had cheap relatively, right, because of the slotted first round. So you had people like Christian Ponder going way too high. You had people, you know, taking quarterbacks in the first round that shouldn't have gone in the first round. So now you had quarterbacks going one and two. And then you didn't have quarterbacks till third round, third, fourth round. Yeah. You, you started to get that yeah. second wave of quarterbacks. So I thought that was interesting. And, you know, as for Tennessee, keeping Mariota, look, the guy's a Heisman Trophy winner. And I guess the theory is if you, you got a chance for the Heisman Trophy winner, you take yeah. it because uh, Mettenberger. The onus is on Wisenhunt, wouldn't you say? The Wisenhunt and, and the OC, the onus is on them because they're going to have to curtail their offense for this guy. You can't run what you did last year for Mettenberger. The question is, does he start game one? Oh, they're saying he, they're giving him the keys. Oh, yeah. He came out and said it straight up. Wow. He came out okay. straight up. They're not even going to try and play the game like they did with Blake Bortles no. in Jacksonville? No, no, no. Things things have changed. They know the deal. One and two, even though Bortles was three, you know, you, you, can't, you can't really play that. Um, hey, one feel-good story before we break down these teams and you look at some of these undrafted free agents, NFL Network had this story about the long snapper who went to Texas, and he was a Green Beret, Nate Boyer. I don't know if you saw it. It was an amazing oh, story. He's like 34 years old. He didn't go to Texas till he was uh, 28, and he was like, uh, you know, carried a flag out of the tunnel for, um, for Mac Brown for Texas. He, you know, was a Green Beret. This kid learned. He said, you know, Coach, I, I want to play. I noticed you guys lost some of your long snappers. I'll come back and be a long snapper. And came back the junior year, long snapped, and then didn't get drafted, but the Seahawks signed him to a contract. So now he is a long snapper for the Seattle Seahawks and invited to the rookie training camp. And it's just a great story. He taught himself how to long snap over, like, in Iraq, and he went to the Sudan and, and just all over. So wow, I, I think story. sometimes you don't – we don't hear, yeah, man. I mean, he taught this to himself, complete walk-on, and, and earned everything he got – and the guy's spirit is just, uh, you know, that's sort of like an American hero to me. And, and just, uh, you know, that's a great story. And kudos to, uh, you know, Snyder and Carol for, for picking him up and stuff like that. Let's go to it. I, I want to jump on it first. I'm going to talk about a team. We'll go back and forth. One of my teams that I've loved in the draft, what they did, they picked number three. And it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ray. Dante Fowler Jr., I love some people think he's a you know top five talent on the board, whatever, however you ranked it. Some people had him one to anywhere. I think he'll get to the quarterback. I think he's going to be special. I love T.J. Yeldon, their second-round pick. To me, that's sort of a steal. He can be their starting back. I didn't, you know, you can't roll with our boy uh, Denar Robinson. Denar Robinson. You know, yeah, he was good for fantasy football, but he's more of like the Andre Ellington, and he can run with Yeldon. You know, and and Toby Gerhardt never turned out. Then I get the big guard, uh, A.J. Kane. I love the steals that they wind up getting, though, because later on they got a good safety. They get a very good wide receiver. And our boy from Florida State, who had the most players drafted, I think, in 13, Rashard Green, who, I mean, what a sleeper in the fifth round. All this guy guy does is, like, he's the poor man's Cooper in the sense that he's a great route runner. He can catch the ball. He's not a speedster, but Rashard Green's going to show up and play. I mean, he's an NFL receiver to me. I, I, I love it. And then Ray, to top it off, it doesn't end there. In the sixth round, they get Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett not from tackle, Seattle, yeah. but yeah, the defensive tackle from Ohio State, who was a monster uh, for Ohio State this year, and especially in the, in the semifinals and the finals, him and Joey Bosa, who will be a top three pick next year. So I loved what they did. They got another receiver and a tight end. I think the Jaguars – very impressed. I like the way they're going with this young roster. And Gus Bradley, I think they're going to get after it. Well, Good you draft. know who I like. Who's who? 
My Who's running your team? The J-E-T-S-S. You know, I loved it, too. The first thing that happened was a miracle. And the fact that the most talented player, the guy who I project to have the best career, falls into your lap, and that was Leonard Williams. And so that was just a gift that they that they got. After that, they worked for it, right? After that, they actually had to make some decisions. I thought that was a no-brainer. I was thinking if they don't take this guy, if they take, like, Vic Beasley or something, I'm like, no, no, no. You have to take <laughs> Leonard Williams. So they took him, and then they took Devin Smith to get that nice. deep pass rusher or deep um, route runner. All yeah. he does is catch 40-yard touchdowns. And Beautiful. this guy is phenomenal for the Jets, exactly what they need. They let the other yep, two throw Decker, throw Decker inside, right, to the slot, have a big slot receiver. They let yeah. Devin Smith go. And then you figure they got themselves a pass rusher in Malden. And then you figure in the fourth round they got themselves potentially an heir apparent. Guy might start in week three, four, five if he can. If you know, obviously Baylor runs a different system, but this guy's got a. Oh, he'll be second year next year. Yeah, not the first. Maybe year. I, I think, don't you know. know. You know me and Gino, but but yeah. uh, this guy's got a big arm, and so Bryce Petty. I love to have a guy with a big arm Great in that pick. windy stadium that they that they play in, right? So then they got him, and then think about this though. Seventh round, they made the you know they they traded Brandon Marshall, gave up a five, came back with a seven, and then that seven ended up being Zach Stacy. Amazing, so amazing. That's oh. a great addition. So I, I can't be happier as a Jet fan with the draft that we had. The AFC yeah. East is really an arms race. I thought that some of the teams did great. I thought the Jets did. Super, super, super great. I thought the Dolphins well, did very well, too. Uh, well, that, the, wait, wait, wait. That, I, that's what I'm going to jump on. I, I'm going to match you with your Jets, and I'm going to go back to the AFC East and our boy Hank's team because I think one of my favorite teams in the draft was clearly the Miami Dolphins. You get Parker at 14. Some thought he could have gone earlier. He's not my that brother, far I off. I think he was much the, darker. Yo, him, Chris, and him? let's call him Lawrence. Devontae, you know, from Louisville, would, some thought he would be with Teddy. He wasn't. The, they're, they're giving Tannehill weapons, and that's what you love. Then they get the big guy from Oklahoma. He doesn't, you know, always show the fire, but that's okay because Ndamukong Sue will give him the fire. Jordan Phillips is a big, talented man who will get hungry playing with Cameron Wake and, and, and Sue, and he is going to be a great defensive tackle with the Dolphins. I think that was a steal. Then, Ray, they come back, get a good guard. I like that. You know, get a, get a little size, especially because you're, you're getting a, a kid who, you know, was pretty talented at yeah, Arizona Douglas, State. Yeah, sure. Yes, I like him. Then they get a corner. Um, you know, you can debate, you know, how good he might be or might not be. We'll see. But what I love is in the fifth round also, Jay Ajayi. When you get this running back from Boise State, they're saying he's bone to bone. He might only play one contract. Maybe the guy has a three to five year career. Who knows? I'll say Maybe six he's to DeJuan seven. Blair. Maybe he's DeJuan yeah, who, Blair who plays without a, you know, an ACL, but he yeah. still delivers. But you've got to give him a shot. I mean, to me, for this kid to slip to the fifth round when he was totally healthy playing this year, they didn't. his bone to bone didn't hurt him this season or in his college career. I think sometimes the NFL, they, they project these medicals, and I get it, right? You've got to go with the analytics of it, but you know what? He's going to analytically run down the field for the Miami Dolphins. I'm telling you, your boy Tannehill wakes up today well, you know, really happy, a safety and then another receiver at the end, and, and, and I'm Dolphins, just happy for the Dolphins. Uh-huh. We got Hank, you we got our me caller one? to the okay. show. He wants to talk, probably wants to talk some he Dolphins. Should. I've given his team props over my own team. He better call. I, I appreciate <laughs> you giving me a little respect there. I appreciate that. Well, you know, you did good, man. You got to be happy. It's funny. I'm very happy, but I think it goes to show you that this concept, I don't really care what team it is, even if you want to look at the Jets, this concept of drafting the best player available does not exist. that, That is just a myth. No team does it. Everybody drafts for need. They may convince themselves, you know, if there's a guy. Well, Jeff Fisher did it. Jeff Fisher did it. Give him credit. The Rams did it. Um, 
you know, did they do it? Obviously. Did they need Gurley? They didn't need Gurley. Uh, you know, they needed O-line. For them to get rid of a former starter so quickly, they had to have wanted to upgrade the position. I mean, even the Jets, think about it, right? Do you think the Jets would have taken Leonard Williams if they weren't having contract problems with the other defensive linemen? But both these guys are special, Hank. Be fair. You're not not giving Gurley and Leonard Williams, I think, their special props because, honestly, we could go back when this draft is over, and in years we could say the best five players are Gurley, Williams, Fowler, Winston, you know, and and Cooper, easily. Those could be the best five players. If that huh? is true, then I said it right, Betty. I'm just kidding. If uh, that is true, then then, <laughs> then girl should have went number one. I just don't. I, I just don't think that's true. I, 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 I'm not saying these guys are not going to be good. I'm saying this this concept that they always get on and say like, oh, we have a philosophy of taking the best player available is nonsense. People you know draft what it for is? scheme. Yeah. They draft for scheme. That's all I they think do. You're yeah. right. Scheme is scheme is number one. To some degree, you're right. Scheme I think you're right, but yeah. I think ultimately. They hope, the GMs, a lot of them draft not to get it wrong. And a lot of them hope that the best player is at the position that they need. And if it's not, then their boots start to shake. And then they're like, oh, goodness, let's check out the metrics. Let's check out the scouting report. Let's check out Mel Kuyper Jr. But I do think, though, that the truth lies somewhere in the middle, that, that they really do want to get best players, but you have needs. You got to put, you know, you got to put 53 men on, you know, a 53 man roster together. So I don't know that I'm ex- as extreme as you are, Hank. I think it lies somewhere in the middle. I think the hey, perfect example, there. Hank, is, your, is, yeah. is Redskins. I told Ray they were going to take Sheriff because guess what? Morris has got to run and RG3's got to be protected and not get hurt because they kept them for that fifth-year option. So that means you have to get offensive line, and guess who just came over there? Callahan from the Cowboys with their offensive line. To me, it was a no-brainer because you know that you've got to help your quarterback by running the ball, and you've got a great running back that they forgot about for two seasons in Alfred Morris. So to me, getting Sheriff helps the Redskins and helps your young quarterback who's got to get better. So – that's an example of it right there. He, I don't think Sheriff's the best. You know, he's not the, even a top ten talent, probably, but he's probably the no. best lineman in the draft. You know. Right, but I tell me you. about your Dolphins. Tell me about your Dolphins, man. How how yeah. happy Jay Ajayi? Uh, I mean, Jordan Phillips, Parker. Oh. Can Jordan you, Phillips I, get a fire lit under him and produce like he should have at Oklahoma? You're right. I mean, well, a couple of things about Jordan Phillips. I think. Th- the experiment is, if you're going to pay Sue all this money, he's doing a lot more than, than just making plays on the field. He's given an oh, identity yeah. defense. And, frankly, we lost, you know, Randy Starks. Like, we lost, you know, two or three defensive Other players lines yeah. last year. Yeah. So, the guy's got the body, right? Jordan Phillips has got the body. So, it's not a question of him physically not being able to do it. But he needs to get a, you know, a little fire lit under his ass. We needed a guy, at, at a minimum, even if he doesn't start right away, he's going to be into a, you know, a rotational, um, rotational scheme. And Sue's going to have to fire him up. And that's part of, you know, we, we paid Sue all that money to be a leader, not only just produce on the field. And this is going to oh, be Oh, and he's got to make some bean pies and rice cakes too, yo. He's got to be getting the kitchen and cook. No. Uh, you just hope that he doesn't pull a Brett Favre and says, well, mentoring Aaron Rodgers is not in my job description. <laughs> yeah, well, that's nah, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Tell me yeah. about your wide receiver core now, Hank. The ten, does Tannehill really have some nice – I mean, when you get Kenny Stills um, and you get Parker, you also got um, – you got another veteran too, I forgot. I mean, that, that's got to be pretty good. You got great – Greg got Jennings. Chris. Greg I'm Jennings, sorry. yes, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Jennings. So I, I think how they think they want to do it is Greg Jennings is going to be like the veteran who teaches them how to be a pro, right? Yeah. And they kind of run, you know, scheme-wise in terms of the offense, they kind of run that kind of West Coast Green Bay type system. So mm-hmm. having a burner like like Parker is more important, I think, to open up the field so guys like, you know, Jarvis Landry from last year – can run good routes underneath and immediate routes in order to get open. So, and he's underrated. I think that kid's a stud. Who, Landry? I love Landry. 
Yes, yeah, I yeah, love Landry. Great. He's got great hands, but again, like he's there to catch five and ten yard passes. Now, okay, you know, first job, matriculate no, the no, ball. Look, Wes Welker is almost had a Hall of Fame career doing that, right? So there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. You know what I mean? So I think we're going to be very, very young, and they're going to have to get coached up. So I'm assuming that the offense is going to be really, really slow at the beginning of the year, and they'll try to get better. Kind of like how the Giants were last year, right? You know, really, really slow start, and then they get better through the course of the year. The, the fear that I have, and it's the fear, the same fear that the Jets are going to have and the same fear that New England's got, is all the teams in AFC East are really bolstering power running games, right? So you're going to get a lot of low scoring at the beginning of the year. Because, you know, Buffalo, like, they're not even going to throw the ball, right? They're going to keep running the time to throw. <laughs> the, Jets, the Jets have got four running backs and no quarterback, so they're just going to keep running it over and over and over again. The Wildcat. So, Maybe we go to back to the Wildcat. Oh, please don't. I mean, you know. <laughs> so it's I, I be think a you're underestimating. Of- I think you're underestimating Geno Smith and Matt Castle. You're going to have to send them an I'm sorry letter live on our show. That's what's going to happen to you, Mister. Really? Why? <laughs> you think all of a sudden because they have some no? I, I think I think when you've got the talent that you have around them, I mean, think about this. Even for you and Tannehill, he also throw those four receivers with Jordan Cameron. Then you got Ajaye and Miller in Buffalo. You're talking about Watkins, Percy Harvin, Charles Clay. I mean, uh, Robert Woods, the, the the all the crazy talent, the the running backs, Freddie ja- Fred Jackson and and McCoy. I mean, they they got so much talent in Buffalo. I think EJ Manuel or Castle has just got to be a distributor. Just get it out, hike, and then get rid of it like they're running the spread in the offense. Okay, so but remember, this is a Greg Roman offense. The guy was mm-hmm. OC from from San Francisco. Kaepernick, yes. Yeah. So you really think that they're gonna they're gonna be throwing the ball much with with the guys that they have? It's not about much. It's about effectively. So that that's okay. how I would I say mean, it. You know. Well, look, effectively they have Watkins. Those are those are pretty pretty good above average wide receivers. So yeah, they just need to know, figure out how to get them moment. the ball. And they will bubble the screen guys. teams to death. You're gonna think you're you're gonna think you're in the Big Twelve next year watching Buffalo when they bubble screen teams to death with Percy Harvins <laughs> and Watkins. It's gonna be the old Niners where you're just gonna be slam patterns to Jerry Rice and John Taylor. It's gonna be one, two, three, uh, go, three step drops. You'll see. And then and then also with um same thing with the Jets. I think Geno's gonna play better. I think it's going to be – listen, Bryce Petty doesn't see the field as much as Ray wants him to. Bryce Petty doesn't see the field. And not only that, Geno might have a resurgence this year because when you put Decker in the slot, Devin Smith and Marshall outside, Curley will be his natural four. Remember, they have three running backs now, Ridley, Ivory, and, and, um, and, um, and, and Zach Stacy. That's yeah, their law firm. Ivory, so Ridley, and Stacy. <laughs> it's hard to play worse than – Geno's played. So, given uh, that agree. he's got a lot of offensive talent around him, the pressure is off. The pressure, it's, it's almost like a reverse pressure. Don't make mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. Try to yep. be like and a Trent Dilfer. And both defenses are so good. Ugh. And you think that Geno will be able to do that better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't think so. See, really, I don't, but one thing about Fitzpatrick is he turns the ball over so much, yeah. and it depends on what Bowles is. But it is Chan Gailey is the OC, and Fitzy knows Gailey from Buffalo on the system. We'll see who beats who out. I think this is absolutely the last chance. And remember, Fitzpatrick's coming off an injury. This is Geno's last chance, and I think they're going to let him start it off. If week three he starts, you know, if he goes crazy with the turnovers, then, hey, they'll throw in Fitzy. If by week 10 he's still doing the same thing, they'll say, you know what, we're going to start Petty next season, and week 11, week 12, Petty will get the keys, and they'll say, let's go, young boy, make your mistakes, and the Jets will still be 9-7 and seven because of their great defense, and they'll figure it out and go forward in the future. But they're going to give him a chance first. They're going to give Geno a chance. I really think that. Okay, I mean, that, you know, look, I, I can't say with you wrong because you got a new offensive coordinator, and you know, frankly, a new slate can, you know, a new slate. And it's all about that defense, play. right? It's all about that defense and Todd Bowles. Well, that's Let's what I'm be honest. They're, they're going to be amazing. I'm that defense. About low-scoring games, brothers. 
That hey, Hank, really while we got you on the phone, though, Hank, come on, while we got you on the phone, I know, the, you're, you're low scoring and all that. Let, we, let's talk about it while you're here. My Steelers and then Ray's Cowboys. You've got to like that Bud Dupree falls down to me. I think he's a perfect Steeler. The, you know, he, he's got the athletic tools. He's going to get coached up perfectly in our system. And then you throw him with Ryan Shazier and Jarvis Jones, you've got to like our linebackers. You, I like the young kid, uh, Sha, um, Shaquez Golson. Anytime you can get right. a Shaquez on your team, you've got to be happy with that. little small, but he's scrappy, great cover corner. Sammy Coates adds to the wide receiver room, you know, did good at Auburn. So I'm happy with that. He can be our fourth, you know, after Brown and Bryant and, 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 and Wheaton. We, we, we got the killer bees. Um, and then, you know, we get another corner, a tight end, and, 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 and a tackle and an end. Um, did you like what my Steelers did? Well, what do you think? Thing, Steelers, I think the offense is elite, right? I mean, just yes. look at oh, yeah. last year, right? The offense is elite. So the question yeah. is, is – a change in defensive coordinator and basically a loss of the entire, you know, defensive backfield, is that going to kill you guys or not? That That's the question. Well, they were old. The only young guy that we lost was to you, McCain. And I think Bryce McCain is good, so that hurts. But losing over the last year or so, you know, uh, Ike Taylor, Troy, and Clark, they were kind of yeah. giving it up too much on the field. So yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. You know. It's just going to make your defense a lot simpler than it was in the past. But I think your offense can carry your defense. So if you beat teams, you know, 35 to, to 20, who cares? And I think you and guys Durant, are going to have – And the kid Grant, Durant Grant from Ohio State, almost forgot him. He's a really good at corner. I like yeah, him yeah. Ohio State. I, mean, I, I was surprised that Bud Dupree fell all the way to you guys because I thought he would definitely be going to Atlanta. I'm not really sure yeah. – why he didn't. Um, not so, enough production so on the field. Those are the two picks on the field. Brown, where I thought guys got really lucky. You know, Pittsburgh picking up the Bud Dupree and New England, you know, picking up the defense. Oh, Malcolm Brown. That, yeah, that, you know, I, I still don't understand why teams like the Colts or whatever to get him. I, oh, I the, well, listen, we'll talk about the Colts and the Chiefs. I hated their drafts. But let's talk about Ray's Cowboys because I don't care I what anybody says. Cowboys. At the end of the day, I, I love Byron Jones. He's a little tight in the hips, but the Connecticut kid is a freakish athlete. Might play safety in corner for them. Randy Gregory, forget about it. The kid, I was watching Sports Science. Did you guys watch that on ESPN? And they did the Sports Science with the draft. You want to DVR something, DVR that. Randy Gregory is going to be a freak, and he will get to the quarterback without a problem. Get on the, if he can get on the field. Now, hopefully the Cowboys have enough of a, of a system, like a support they network, do. that they can keep him out of trouble. Hey, they kept Des the Bryant out of jail. Des Bryant was crazy when he first got there. They kept him out. They got the right guys. You know, they got I all the so. right mentors. The question, Michael the question for the Cowboys, though, is they took – so, so those are two great picks. You get a, a great athlete. But no running one, back. You should have taken you, him exactly, back in this and that, that's where I'm going. And you go get yourself a Randy Gregory who, if he didn't have the off-the-field issues, would have been a top 10, 12, 14 pick. Now, you, you fill out the roster with some other decent pickups, right? So you, you get yourself everything on every line, right? You get yep. yeah, tight end from Texas. Minnesota who can – who can tackle? You get to you get yourself a tight end. But the problem is in a draft where we kept talking about how many running backs are there. You got Darren McFadden, and I know that Jerry Jones is an Arkansas guy. And Darren McFadden, yeah. and I know Hank can talk to this because he's a, he's a, got Arkansas roots. <laughs> yeah, but man. In this draft, to not pick a up a running back is negligent. I, I thought I thought that that they had to pick one up. That this was a really? year. And Damian Wilson and Ryan Russell are, are great, but you know what? You need a running back. You need a running back. So, so that, that's the only disappointment. So I give the I give the Cowboys a B. I thought I thought they did all right, but they should have come out here with a running back. Let me ask you. Say it again, Hank. Don't the Cowboys have four running backs on the roster now? Because they do. They have Ryan Williams yeah, but none as of well. Them are really good. Ryan Williams what? might be the best of them all. I mean, at this point, if he could stay healthy. Remember, he was the one that was at Arizona. Um, because to me, Dunbar 
and and Randall, you know, Randall stealing stuff off. Then I don't know, but neither one of them are explosive. Let's be honest. Randall and Dunbar are not explosive. And McFadden, he shows moments, but he never can stay healthy. I think it's the arrogance of how great that offensive line is and devaluing Demarco Murray. So the Cowboys are either going to just surprise us and trade for Peterson, which I don't think will happen, or you know what? There's always going to be a veteran cut. And they will pick up another running back because I don't think Ryan Williams will stay healthy. So they should have drafted Langford. They should have drafted Maybe a they bunch go of different get Doug guys. Martin because his his option wasn't picked up by Tampa. So obviously Tampa doesn't yeah, but see he, much of he'll a play for Tampa him. one more year. Yeah, I doubt if they they'll cut Doug Martin. No, they'll let him play out this contract. So overall, Hank, is there one team that you say that you really you know stood out more? Did you like Broncos? Obviously, getting Shane Ray, I thought was awesome. I love Jalen Strong going to um, to the Texans. I thought they had a good draft with Kevin Johnson and Jalen Strong. Did you like the Vikings? I mean, was there any team that you're just like they really got better? Well, it's funny because you know I personally, this is my own personal view. I actually think the free agency is a lot more important than the draft. Just because yes. most draft picks are kind of fifty-fifty, but right. but the combo is I, how you fill it out, yeah. Exactly, but it, but I think the, the the problem with free agency is that you lose a lot of guys. So I think the one team that probably drafted well towards the losses that they had it was probably Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, just great draft. You know, you got a big arm quarterback who's not mobile. So what do you do? You draft a receiver with speed. And you try to give him a, and you try to give him a tight end up the middle so he doesn't get sacked as much, right? I mean, yeah, they traded up ahead of the Steelers to get Max Williams. That was very smart. Exactly, exactly. And you lose, you lose a great defensive tackle, and you draft another one. Again, who knows if these guys are actually going to pan out or not? But I feel like, you know, they kind of got free agency, kind of whacked them around a little bit, and they did their best to kind of fill those gaps. Right, and yeah. to get well, you trust Harbaugh and Ozzie Newsom, yeah. Oh, Carl yeah. Davis, Carl Davis, you're right. Yeah, they they yeah. they were able to do that, and and if Brett Perriman turns out, uh, Brashad Perriman, sorry, Perriman's kid, turns out to yeah. be, you know, the player that he should be, given his physical skills. You're always worried about a guy that drops the football. Though we talked about this on Friday, so <laughs> we're previewing yeah. the draft uh, or yeah. Wednesday show. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Ozzie Newsom needs to get some credit. For He's great. being an outstanding GM and, and and evaluator of talent, and he gives them a chance to win every year. No question. You know what I say in the draft: if you can get if amazing draft, you can get five starters. A solid good draft, you get three starters. And here's an example: I think the Bears. If Kevin White, Eddie Goldman, and Jeremy Langford wind up being, you know, major, you know, contributors to their team, throwing the safety, Amos. I mean, I think the – just a random example. I think the Bears, you know, could come off with a pretty, you know, good draft. You know, they also took a center from the center from Oregon. So, I mean, yeah. to me, you know, they, they, they attacked some needs, right, defensive tackle and receiver. And then Langford could help that running back room because, you know, let's be honest, Forte is getting older and he's overused. Langford is more Well, he's also – his contract's up at the end of the year. So they got to yep. decide what they want to do with him. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna overall, I think on, you know, good. They're going to lean heavy on those offensive players in Chicago too because they're changing their defense, so, and they don't really have the. You know, it always take when you change when you change defenses like that. It always takes a year or two to make sure you get the right personnel and all that stuff. So exactly. They're gonna and Fox is trying. Yeah. They're going to be leaning John on John Foxy. Did you like yeah. the Falcons finally trying to get it back? And Tevin Coleman, maybe he can help them out a little bit. I actually was surprised that they didn't do something earlier. I guess it was because their defense yeah. was so bad that they just right. they felt like they had to focus on that. But, you know, between him and the guy, what was the guy they drafted last year, the rookie? I forget his name. Um, Free, uh, Nick, Freeman, Dante Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Between him and Freeman, they're going to have to lean on them, and I don't know. You know, I'm not really, to be honest, I'm not not particularly impressed. But, but we'll, we'll, well, I we'll thought see. they should have got a tight end too for Matt Ryan. They should have tried to get Max Williams um, because I think Matt Ryan misses Gonzalez. But I do like uh, Vic Beasley and Jalen Collins because some people thought Jalen Collins was so like a first, a first rounder. Yeah, 
No. Well, you know, hey, not too bad. Hey, Hank, we're going to move forward to the NBA playoffs real quick. Sir. Cavs, Cavs, Bulls, before we let you go, give us your pick. Who wins this series, Cavs or Bulls? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. The score is 43-35 right now, Chicago, with 430 left in the second. That okay. being said, we need that update yet. Yeah, just just to give you an update. Um, that being said, I I think it's hard. Look, I like Chicago. They play defense, which you know, when you're a child of the '80s, you you know you love teams that play <laughs> defense. And defense, but with I, a little with the little Showtime mixed in. Yeah, you know, but I still find it hard to believe, even though Kevin Love is not around, that LeBron's going to lose four games to the Bulls. I just. You know, I I, I, yeah. I like Chicago better as a team, but you really going to tell yeah. me that LeBron's going to lose four games to the Bulls? Hey, he lost four years to Spurs, and this Bulls roster is, is, is very similar in terms of their depth. And if you can argue that they have more explosiveness athletically than that Spurs team. Can yeah. I just tell you, they started Mike Miller tonight, Cleveland. That's a problem. Mike yeah. Miller, Iman Shumpert. They did it because he gets more rebounding than James Jones, so I don't mind him starting Miller. He's a better rebounder than James Jones. I I, I hate to say this. I'd rather Tristan Thompson start and play play alongside Tim O'Fay. Well, I was about to say that. As as a Knicks fan, (laughs) it it breaks my heart. But if Tim O'Fay plays good D, I don't (laughs) – no, that's the key to this series. I'm sorry. Definitely. No, no, you're right. It is. But Thompson messes up the spacing. So Thompson has to come off the bench. He messes up the spacing. Yeah, he has to. It's it's going to be interesting, but I, I just don't see LeBron losing four games. I really don't. Okay. I'm going to go with the Bulls in seven against LeBron. I, I don't know why. I just feel I, I picked him in the beginning of the season, and I think JR for two games, that definitely the Bulls are going to win one in Cleveland, whether it's tonight or the next day game. And I think yeah. – D. Rose could be special for at least one, and I like the combination of Butler, Gasol, and Noah. I can't say you're wrong. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not confident. I'm I just hope that confident. this is a, a Spurs-Clippers type event where it goes seven games yeah, seven and a point in the seventh game. The key is Kyrie, right? If Kyrie can play up to LeBron's level, you know, the question is, will Kyrie be Dwayne Wade? Will he be able to be Superman for a game or two? That's what they're going to need without love. Yeah, I think you can. I think okay. Can. I hope so. I like the young fella. We'll see. All right, Hank, great call, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully catch Talk up with you, you on Friday. Thanks. Take, take care. All right, be good, Hank. Great yeah, job of the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ray, real quick, before we finish up with this NBA stuff, I just want to mention this. For those who, you know, look, be honest, the draft – was early on the ACC and the Pac-12 were doing really good. Day one went to the Pac-12 over the SEC. But at the end of the day, SEC winds up with the most, you know, people drafted, 54. ACC had 47, and the Pac-12 wound up with um, uh, 39. But the gap is getting closer, you know, and we see it where the SEC is not dominating anymore, the draft, the championships – so yeah, it's good they to see still the have Pac-12. the teams, though. Remember at one point they had four of the top five teams. The SEC no, I know, but listen, Pac-12 football's it. for real. Pac-12 football's for real, and there's a lot of talent. So, And ACC showed, you know, there's a lot of depth in, in that conference. Um, watch Cleveland Browns. Danny Shelton, Duke Johnson, and those boys. I think Cleveland had a good draft, too. So let, let's, let's go to this NBA, man. We, we talked about it. In terms of our picks, we got to pick the other series as well. Um, Hawks did win. We said that they probably would over the weekend. Wizards took game one. Do the Wizards win this series or do the Hawks hold on? No, I think the Wizards win this series. I think the Hawks are done. I think the Wizards might even win in five. I got the Wizards in six. I'd have to have to agree with you. I got the Bulls in seven. You got the Cavs in seven? I got the Cavs in seven. We already talked about the Warriors. Um, you know, we both felt they would win without Conley. That's not even a question. And then tonight, the second game, it's happening. 
the Shaq a Howard versus the Shaq a Jordan. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I think the Clippers are gonna win this one in six. I think you know not what? having Beverly and not having down, enough. It all comes down to Chris Paul. Oh, well, yes, if Chris Paul's healthy. That, yeah. yeah, I think he won't be, though. And so I'm very, very worried. I think they should hold him out in game one and maybe even game two, try to get that hamstring mm. as healthy as possible. The problem is he's going to keep re-injuring it. And you can play hero for So would you take the Rockets in like quarter. seven? What would you say? I'm very worried about the Clippers. And, again, if Chris Paul's at 70%, I take the Clippers. Uh, the problem is Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford don't move the needle for me in terms of backup point guards, right? I think Jamal yeah. Crawford played the point for years, uh, you know, but ultimately he's a scorer. So yeah. I will begrudgingly go with the – L.A. Clippers, um, not because they're not the better team, but because I'm, I'm, I'm basically playing doctor here and saying that Chris Paul's going to be back. But to play a game, a full game on that bad hamstring, and as intense as he does, he probably damaged it more than than he's letting on. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if has the anything come out? Is he playing tonight? I didn't see any they reports. They haven't said. They haven't said, but yeah. I think he's sitting. I, I think he's sitting. But let me just throw this out at you. Now that the Clippers beat the Spurs, if you think about it, we're going to have a very, very inexperienced NBA final or NBA playoffs from here on in. If you think about it, you yeah. can count on one hand the players, the material players, that have any type of experience. In the East, you got LeBron. And, and Gasol, Gasol. That's and that's it. Yeah. So in four games, there's only two guys that have any real NBA playoffs experience, and especially finals experience. Finals and in the West, yeah. and in the West, if you think about it, you've got nobody. You've got really just Tony Allen from his from his uh, Boston days. Nobody on Golden State yeah. for for, no. any, you know, for for all intents and purposes. Nobody and on nobody uh, in Houston. Memphis on the Rockets. Nobody on Houston and nobody on the Clippers. Nobody on the so Clippers. So think about how inexperienced and Except for Big week. Baby Davis, and he's and Big Baby Davis is hurt too, former yeah. Celtics. Right. So, so Big hey, Baby, right? Ray, real, real quick though. He was a role player. Ray, we got to say real quick, your boy Craig Council got the Milwaukee job. They fired their manager. Yankees and yeah, Cardinals Ron sweep. The Astro- Ron Renneke has gone. The Astros have won, what, nine, ten in a row. I mean. You know what's funny? Can I give myself props? The, the Astros were eight and seven when we went on the air, and I gave them my props for the week. And I said, you know, these guys are eight and seven in first place. They haven't lost a game since then. I think they're seventeen they and seven. They haven't since uh, we did that. You're not ready. Since that, you're not ready. You are not Listen. ready for the Houston Astros. It's great. Well, I'm happy for our Yankees to big sweep, and they're sixteen and nine in first place in the AL East. That's great. Totally so unexpected. good for them. Listen. Good show. I mean, obviously the Dodgers are still doing their thing. We'll see uh, what's up with Kershaw. You know, the Dodgers, they swept the D-backs this weekend. Padres have been playing good. Um, maybe Cole Hamels will get traded. The Cardinals are killing it, and they play Chris Bryant tonight and the Cardinals-Cubs if he gets his first home run. We'll be back. Great sports week, right? We'll be back on Friday. Thank everybody for listening. I mean, look, there's, the sports doesn't stop, right? I mean, it was a great weekend. But this is going to be a pretty darn good week too. I mean, with the with the hockey and 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 the basketball, so it's good. it should be a lot of fun. Are going to keep us busy for another month, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and we, I don't think we gave Wiggins props for winning his award, and and you know these guys for the Rookie of the Year and and stuff like that. So, but uh, again, Steph Curry MVP. Congrats to him. So. Yeah, and, and good Jay show, Martin man. Hold his head down because he was just as good as just. Oh as, yeah, uh, and, and maybe he'll get the dollars. last word. Maybe yeah. he gets the last word on the court, right? If they face each other, so right. that that could be very interesting. Also, I'll say this: the Colts, their players were mad at ownership, tweeting out the Colts didn't have a good draft, didn't love the Bills draft, didn't love eh, the Bengals draft was okay because they got some linemen, uh, but Colts, Chiefs, and Bills, I didn't think they had great drafts. And I love the Rams. Didn't get a chance to talk about them. The linemen and Gurley love the Rams draft, too. So lots of fun, man, lots of fun. And Mr. Relevant, the tight end 
uh, what's his name, uh, Charles or Gordon Christian or whatever, coming out here to Arizona. So maybe he has a chance to make the team five touchdowns for Louisville. <laughs> you got to love go. it, Ray. Mr. Great show. Yep. Have a great sports week. We'll see everybody on Friday. Thanks for listening. Talking sports with friends. Mind.